It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. I'm Paul Dottino. He is Super Bowl champion part of Jeff Fiegels. I'm at Giants WFAN. He's at Jay Fiegels, in case you want to get us on Twitter. And, of course, you can always go to hashtag Giants Chat. We'll be with you for the next hour to talk Giants football. Our phone number is 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. And you can always find an archive of this show and our entire podcast network on the Giants mobile app, podcast platforms everywhere, and at Giants.com slash podcast. Good morning, Jeff. Hey. It's great to see you again. Great to be here. In the building. In person. Yes. Uh, and the building seems to be changing rapidly as this roster uh, gets yeah. overturned and Exciting. guys come in, guys go out. Uh, I think we probably should start right away by uh, going through last night's transaction because I don't know how many people may not have been uh, alert because of dinner or maybe watching the NCAA tournament, which started last night, mm-hmm. as you probably know. I know March Madness has already begun. It's up on the screen in our studio. It here. is, actually. Uh, and uh, the Giants uh, agreeing to terms, again, pending a physical, as it always is, with former Washington tight end Ricky Seals-Jones, a gentleman who is at 6'5", 245, known primarily as a receiver. He would be a flex tight end. He would not be an inline blocker. He is a flex tight end. Uh, a guy who has a connection to Mike Kafka, the Giants offensive coordinator, who was with the Kansas City Chiefs as their quarterback's coach the last couple of years. Kafka and uh, and Ricky Seals-Jones crossed paths in Kansas City uh, in the 2020 season mm-hmm. when he was in Kansas City as a backup to Travis Kelsey. So that's where the connection comes into play. Uh, he's a guy who twice in his career has caught at least 30 passes in a season, been around for a handful of years. Uh, and when he came out of school, originally he was a six foot five wide receiver and converted into a tight end by the Arizona Cardinals. So this is an addition the Giants are, are pending making right now. Uh, given the fact that their tight end room is as thin as a Kleenex tissue, uh, they had to come up with something at that position. Yeah, I mean, it's a good signing. I mean, listen, anytime you can kind of see, Paul, how relationships um, work in this business. And with Mike Kafka knowing him, I mean, that kind of means a little bit. Um, so because you got to think that Brian Dable's offense and Kafka's offense are going to be a hybrid of a little bit of, you know, here and there. But it's always good to have uh, guys that you have been around and you know character, you know their work ethic, and I think that's a big reason. And the other thing, too, is that, you know, you look at what the Giants are doing from the salary cap perspective. They're doing some good things, and they're able to – they had to sign a tight end sooner or later. And so they went out and got themselves one, and one that has experience. Like you said, 30 balls. Not a whole lot, but it's not, you know, it's not a whole less either. It's not like it's three balls. Right. You know, caught a couple touchdowns um, last year. One actually with the Giants, against the Giants. Um, if you guys remember that. So I think it's a great addition. And I, obviously, I think that that position, look out in the draft, if, if you're me, and looking in the draft. The you Giants, have to, don't you? You have to. I mean, where else are you going to get somebody? right? You get, because remember, people, the draft, it, it affords you the ability to get good players. You think they're good. But also, it's affordable, right? Because they're on the rookie contracts, and they're all slotted. So you kind of understand, if I'm going to go for a tight end in the third round at pick X, 
I know that that's what's going to be on my cap number. And the Giants obviously have to come up with some money to to be able to have for that draft class. So that's uh, that's kind of the thinking that goes behind that. Now, when you and I talked about this uh, some weeks ago, as we were trying to figure out which positions needed more depth. Uh, we clearly thought that Evan Ingram was a possibility to leave, as everybody oh, sure. else did. Sure. I mean, and he turned out he got a very nice, healthy one-year deal well, from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prove a deal, right? You know, uh, one year, yes, but good money. He got a raise actually to mm-hmm. go to Jacksonville. So we wish him well for sure because he's a great guy and a great teammate, and and certainly we want the best for for Evan. Uh, but with the cutting of Kyle Rudolph and the leaving of Ingram and the cutting of uh, Caden Smith, who would come off a bad knee injury, it left the Giants with a gaping hole at the position. Now, tight end is a good position in this draft to mm-hmm. have to need mm-hmm. because there are a bunch of them. Yeah. And the sweet spot for them is like the fourth round, mm-hmm. third and fourth round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what I like about it, Jeff, is that there are some of the receiving types, the flex or or, or, or split tight ends, if like you Ricky want to Like Ricky Jones. Okay. Then there are also a bunch of guys who are willing to block. Your this, kind of guy. My kind of guys. <laughs> the old-fashioned tight ends. Yeah. The true traditional the tight ends. The dinosaurs of the tight end position. Okay. I happen to be a huge uh, Ferguson fan out of Wisconsin. I'm just... If I could get that guy in the fourth or fifth round, I would just throw a pizza party. I don't know if it's going to happen, but he's a traditional tight end, more along the lines of what I would want. Somebody like a Jake Ballard kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, and I know you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, big total. What would you do if you were the Giants and you went into the draft knowing you had to get another tight end? Are you more inclined to get somebody who's an all-around tight end, a traditional tight end? Are you more inclined to get a blocker or... Are you more inclined to get another flex tight end who could either compete with Ricky Seals-Jones or work as his understudy? Well, I think first and foremost, I think you got to go back and look at Brian Dable and that offense up in um, Buffalo and see what type of tight end they had up there. It was Knox, right? Yes. So what is he? He's not your traditional hand in the ground. He is not a traditional tight end. So that kind of, I think that that gives me my answer. Um, I'm going to look for an all-around athlete, which they all are. Those tight ends are really good athletes. You know that. Um, so I'm going to look for a guy like that. And, you know, can I find him? Maybe in that, you know, you have five picks, right, in the top 100? Maybe you Five find... in the first three rounds. So, you know, maybe you get one. Maybe you get one in that fifth pick. Maybe if, if, if you're reach, you get one in the fourth, just depending. The reason I ask you is because I'm not sure it's a slam dunk. And that's because of this. Most teams who have deficiencies on their offensive line, and we don't know exactly how much better the Giants' O-line is going to be yet. We believe it will be better. Well, but on we, paper, I think it's gotten better right. over the last couple of days. But we don't know how much. Yeah. Okay? And we still don't know what the right tackle position looks like. Which, by the way, Paul, it didn't have a long ways to go to get better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay so. Having said that, Jeff... Your strong side is usually your right side with mm-hmm. a right-handed quarterback. That's good, obviously your strong side. And your tight end is usually going to be there. Your inline tight end okay. is going to be on the strong side, which he's yeah. going to be on that right which, side. Which, by the way, you know, most almost all the tight ends, they, they are in line most of the they, – they're in there. Your okay? traditional guys are. Yeah. Well, the traditional guys, but even your untraditional guys are still – they're in line, they're in line too. And, and It's then, not like they're strictly in the slot all the time. Or no, outside, no, so. no, but – these these flex tight ends will spend more of their time, a great deal of their time, standing up outside split. Or they'll be their hand in the dirt and they leave. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. yeah. But in terms of giving help 
to that right tackle, whoever that right tackle is. I wonder if it wouldn't serve the Giants better to draft a rookie tight end who is adept at blocking because there may be times where you're going to need that extra help with that offensive line. Well, it certainly depends on where where that right tackle is drafted. If we're talking about a right tackle at the four or five, well, I'm not, ro- I'm not so worried about If it's my guy, Iquanu, then I'm not worried. <laughs> well, that's but I point. don't know that we're going to get Iquanu uh, well, at five. You, well, you might not get Iquanu, but you might get Neil. You never know. I mean, so uh, I, in that theory, I'm not worried about who that inline tight end is, guys. So that debunks that theory. But if you don't get one of those tight ends, I think you make a good point. Yeah, I, I, oh, you mean one of the tackles? Yeah, yeah, yeah tackles. That's I, what I, mean. I think you have to think about that in the back of your mind that that has to be one of the doors you might now, have to go down. Here's another thing to think about. Okay, the Giants released Eli Penny for a reason. That I don't think they're not a big fullback team, right? So I mean, you got to think of a guy that maybe is going to be more of an H back, a guy that tight end that can move in the backfield. You know, and that's what that's your athletic type. Okay. So. All right. So in the meantime, folks, two zero one nine three nine four five one three is our phone number. Uh, Pearson, who's our our outstanding producer of our program, are we, you good we, as an outstanding? I would be unbelievably outstanding. Oh wow! I'm going to give you. it to him. Pearson. Spectacular. Yeah, you name all of those things. He's he has suggested awesome. to me, and I want to let all of our loyal listeners know. Mm-hmm. He has suggested to me. I didn't come up with this on my own. That our regulars, and we have had so many of them, call thank under, you, by the way. under the one call rule that John Schmelk has put out there. Mm-hmm. But Pearson suggested to me, look, we got a lot of news. Got a lot of roster churn going on. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of questions. How, and how about for, for, for to this show, we allow a second call from some of the regulars? There you go. So Light we, will, up, we will do that. Light them up. You can thank Pearson if you're calling for the second time this week. You can thank Pearson that we have decided to open up the pipeline and we will give you an opportunity for a second phone call this week. You're so nice. Because of the transactions. Well, he's the nice guy. He sold me on it. I'm a man of the people. You are a man of the people, Pearson. And by the way, all those people are great. Gratefully uh, appreciative of that right now. As the lines, are they lighting up? Are they like, is is it Christmas time? They will be soon. I know they will. Anyway, 201-939-4513 is our phone number. Uh, Jeff, we talked before the program. I wanted to get your take on uh, any of the other incoming or at least reported incoming free agents that the Giants have had since the last time you were on the program. Well, I mean, I'm going to go to the big position. That's Tyrod Taylor. Um, You know, we have talked extensively about the list of players that this team or we thought that they would go after. Um, and it's it's kind of kind of funny because I where did I see that it's over here oh here it is um, this was when Lance and I and Schmelk were on a program last week it was a week from a week ago Friday okay we picked each of us at the end of the program picked two quarterbacks in the free agency market that we thought that maybe the Giants might end up signing okay, okay. I'll give you mine first okay uh, Tim Boyle was a guy that I I was pretty high on. Well, the Detroit Lions ended up re-signing him as their backup quarterback from UConn, by the way. One of my uh, roommates, my son's roommate, who went to UConn, Blake. Okay. Um, and then the other one was Blaine Got- Goddard. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Gabbard, excuse me, Goddard. Gabbard. Yes. Trying to read my- Blaine Gabbard. Those were my two guys. Goddard's a tight end. I know you were looking for one of those two. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Uh, Schmelk, he put out there Ryan Fitzpatrick. Okay. And then Joe Flacco. Well, Joe Flacco was re-signing with the Jets, according to right. reports. Um, and then Lance, if we had a bell in here, we would sound the bell. Because Lance, Tyrod Taylor, and A.J. McCarron. 
So Lance won that contest of the um, Tyrod Taylor pick. So, but really, when we looked at these names, and by I, the way, I did not have a vote here. You didn't because you weren't on the program. I was that not day. on the program that day. But I will I, tell you, I, I had I had mentioned uh, a number of guys, including Minshew, Foles, um, Mariota. Mm-hmm. You know, there were a handful yeah. of guys that came into the. The yeah, economic was, economic had, category, and, and we had a list of them, and sure. we just all we just picked two that we thought. Um, but all these guys were in the realm of the amount of money that we thought it would take to get these guys here. Mm-hmm. Okay, now now Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick, I don't think he would have been a three and a half million guy, but that's hard you know, to say. You never know. So, anyways, uh, back on that. So the Giants uh, officially have signed Tyrod Taylor. Well, I don't know or if it's quite they, official whatever yet. It, it is, is reported to have pending a physical. That's right. They got to get that stupid physical thing in there. Um, which it's makes, important. It's very important. Um, Guys but, have agreed and then failed the physical oh, and then not signed. I know. And it happens. Um, but so my take on it is that we always talked about wanting to try to find a quarterback, a backup quarterback that mirrors your starter. I think this is a classic image of that. Um, Tyrod Taylor, can he's, he's mobile. He can get out of the pocket. He can run. But I think more importantly, it's the familiarity with Brian Dable's offense. And when you think about when he was up in uh, Buffalo, right? So it totally makes sense. And what Joe Shane and his staff are doing upstairs from now, a- now Taylor, understand this. Taylor was there when Shane was there in 2017. He wasn't there for Dable. Oh, he was not. Okay, my bad. But but he does have familiarity with, with Joe Shane, I the general he was manager. There in, in the 18th season, no. He was 17 not. was his last season. It was. He okay. was there 15, 16, and 17. Because okay, I thought it was the 18th. That's Pro why I said Pro Bowler that. in 15, his first year in Buffalo. Three years as a starter there. Well, I think that, you know, Joe Shane obviously knows him then. Um, and I'm sure that Brian Dable has gotten good reports from him. But, you know, bottom line is that I think the affordability factor and being able to get a veteran quarterback. And the guy can play. He's got a lot of starts under his belt. Um, I think he's got veteran leadership. And I think he's a guy that, I wanted to see this. I know you really didn't believe that I wanted a guy to come in here and push Daniel Jones. Tyrod Taylor is going to push Daniel Jones. I mean, that's just, just the way it is. You believe that? I do. I, I don't. really do. I don't. I think he'll. I, push. Think, I think no, he will nudge no. him at most. No, but I think he'll push him in many ways other than what you're talking about. Okay, he's a presence. Okay, if I'm Daniel Jones and I have. Some guy that I just don't have. I don't think he's that great of a player. I, he's not going to push You're me. You're talking about a subconscious atmosphere a com- a comp- that he's a living com- with. A competitive environment in the on, in and off the field. Right. That's what I'm talking You're about. You're not suggesting that he will push him for snaps during a regular no, season No, no. I'm saying that he's going to push him to the point where he may believe that because there's times when I can tell you from a player's perspective, if you're not having a good day or a second day or a third day, things start to get in your mind that I'm getting pushed by this guy, which makes you work harder. So this, in your mind, when you say push him, and you and I had a different de- definition yeah. for this, you're talking about the intangibles. Exactly. And the behind the scenes yes. kind of mentality yes. that will make Jones yes. become sharper. Yes. And I do know this from talking to people that have been around Brian Dable outside of the building, on the practice field, in right. the game situation, very, very intense. A guy who's really not the same. <laughs> He's got a mean streak in him. And so, and sure, soon enough, we're going to see it. But nobody really has seen that in here. I've been told that he is a crazy man on the field. 
Like Bam Bam Bigelow? (laughs) (laughs) Nickname him that. But, I mean, he's very intense. So I think that, you know, don't be surprised at times, not only just the quarterback position, but at other positions, if you're not doing your job, you're out of there. Get the next guy in there until you can prove that you can get back in there. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So I don't think that – and where this roster is today and where this roster is going forward, I believe that the competition is going to be spread out throughout the whole roster that you have to earn your spot. And when you decide to earn your spot, you're going to have to prove that you're going to stay there. You're going to have to last. You know. So um, which, And I'm, I'm a firm believer because I, it happened to me when I was playing is that I liked the competition. I wanted somebody to push me and I wanted to be able to run that guy, whoever it was out of the building. And that made me happy. Um, it's just, that's just the way it is. So I think competition is good for everything. Um, the other one, the offensive line positions, listen, you got a guy, uh, Joe Feliciano who came from the Buffalo who played guard. He himself said, had said that center might be his best position. He feels like that's his best position. Mm-hmm. Um, that makes me feel good because it's not like somebody else saying, hey, I want you to be a center when he's a little reluctant to do it. This is a guy telling you that I think I played in the league long enough. My best position, I feel, is at center. It's so a good fit. It's a very good fit. Okay, and then you got the right guard. Okay, um, Mark Lewinsky. He is a guy who has played on an outstanding offensive line in Indianapolis, right? I mean, probably one of the better ones in the in the National Football League. Well, they had to protect a statue in Phillip Rivers a couple of years ago. <laughs> but, I mean, just as And from, they run the ball very well lately, too. But I feel like he brings that type of mentality when you have... He's one-fifth of that team that was up there in Indianapolis that dominated the line of scrimmage. He's going to bring that here, and I think that's important. Um, very consistent, a guy that doesn't miss a lot of games... Um, and that's also important because when you have a team that doesn't have a lot of depth as the Giants do right now or don't do right now, you want to have a guy that's going to have some, some longevity that's going to stay in football games. And I think that that's, that's a great sign, and, and I think it's really good that when you have a player that has – I mean, he only missed a couple games, one of them was because of COVID. So he's religi- religiously a guy that's in there every single snap, every single year. We can all agree the arrow's pointing up. For this team so far, I and, think that's and, pretty pretty. And I'll obvious. tell you, you know, there's a lot of ways that you can, and we know this. We both have been around it long enough, Paul. Is that upstairs? You know, the way that organizations do things are all different, and the way that these the, this management is now trying to structure these contracts and doing things a little bit different. It's just amazing to me that you read about these signings every day and knowing that that it's working, and that the Giants are figuring out how to do this and be under the cap. Now, there's still a long ways to go. Uh, the, the Giants, you know, I'm not going to report what they're over or under, but I know that it's very close, and they still have the, they still have the draft coming up that they got to have to find some money. So, Indeed. Um, and so that's always uh, a chore for upstairs. But, but regardless, I think, to me personally, I think this was a bigger splash in free agency than I thought it would be. I didn't think there was going to be anything. I thought it was going to be a bunch of bargain basement guys that were going to be in here, and there would be maybe one wow. guy. So you and I had talked uh, over the last couple of weeks. I had said to you all along, I thought they would make one decent signing in terms of money. We both agree. And it would be a veteran center. That's yeah. what I thought. Yeah. As yeah. it turns out, the guard is, is higher priced than the center. Sure. But they did get a veteran center, which I was absolutely like it was a mandatory for me. And let's just all and be, they did it. Let's just think about this. So you and I just both saw Nick Gates in, in the cafeteria when we were, before we came in. 
He's working out. He looked good. He's well. I mean, you don't know where he could play no, next year. No, don't know. Um, don't know. But I do know this: if he can, he if can they play. clear him, he's going to compete. He'll compete. But here's the thing: he's played multiple positions. He could go back playing guard. Sure, he could. Um, and by the way, Feliciano also played guard. So mm-hmm. there's kind of a, an area where there, and there's your depth thing. Okay, I I got a good problem here. I got two Love starters. It. Love it. That have played, you know. Both positions. I'm okay with that. And then you got Lemieux, who's coming off of an injury. We'll see how he he shapes up. And then you got Matt Parrott. You got a lot of depth that's kind of being built at that offensive line, which I know makes a lot of people happy. All right, folks. 201-939-4513. We go to line one. And the first guy who joins us on the program, uh, Charlie from Portland, Maine. Well, you and I hope, I hope that you thank Pearson for allowing you to call back this week. Hey, I did. I paid him, actually. <laughs> did you send him a lobster? <laughs> Go ahead, Charlie. What do you have? We have our we have our hey. finger on the dump button real quickly. <laughs> no, we, we, will, we will give you a second call. We promised you to do that, but it's going to be a quicker call. So go ahead, Charlie. Oh, boo, boo. But, hey, it's all right. Hey, uh, about uh, Taylor, I think that was a good uh, pickup. I think he will push Jones, <clears throat> and if there's a true competition – I wouldn't be surprised if he beat him out. But the good thing is is that nobody has ties to Daniel anymore. They didn't draft him. They didn't do anything. The only one that still does is Mara. But so if he it, it doesn't produce and he can't produce and he's not who they hope he is, Taylor will be our quarterback. And Taylor can win games. He's a good quarterback. He's a smart quarterback. And he's a really good person. Um, what I hear from people who know him, uh, he's a really, really good dude, and uh, he's going to really help that quarterback room a lot. So I'm, I'm glad that uh, he's he's here, and um, and I just don't know. I, I you know I don't know about our offensive line yet. We still got a bunch of holes, and I think hopefully we'll address those in the draft. Um, tight end, look, you guys keep sleeping on my 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 son, Ryzen John is is here. He's a giant. So don't forget him in the tight end position because he can be I don't be think anybody's forgot about him, Charlie. Nobody's forgot about him. We just, you know, he's there. <laughs> he's um, very he's yeah. very athletic. He's a very athletic guy who's 6'7". Charlie, even athletic. you would have to admit that with his lack of professional NFL experience, yeah. he is a huge question mark. Even you would have to admit that. Well, he played pretty well in the preseason before he <laughs> okay. got hurt. Okay, I said NFL experience. Preseason doesn't <laughs> well, quite cut that. <laughs> well, he's got to be getting it this year. You know, All right, Charlie. Gotta, he, Go know, ahead. Go him, ahead. Move uh, off Horizon, John. We'll give you one more point. Go okay. ahead. Okay. Um, uh, that's it, the thing that is, blows my mind with the whole Watson thing, I mean, he's blowing up so many teams <laughs> besides the one he's going to go to because of, you know, you know, Matt Ryan is can't be happy. Uh, Mayfield definitely not happy. I mean, you know, all these teams that wanted him is, you know, they got a lot of people who are very happy. So Adam Schefter uh, actually reported. Adam Schefter reported today the Browns are no longer uh, looking at yeah. Deshaun Watson. Or Deshaun Watson yeah. is no longer looking at him them. That's probably more likely. Right. You know what? Since yeah. Pearson and Charlie actually get along so well together, how about you guys share <laughs> cell phone numbers and you can just chat for 24-7 and have your own program. Yeah. Both FaceTime. New, both New, Eng- New England guys. Hey, it would be, it would be pretty good, actually. The program would be 
pretty good, I think. <laughs> I have your own podcast. Thank you, Charlie. Be well. <laughs> have a good one, Charlie. Thank you for calling in. 201-939-4513. We go to line two. Mike in Queens, you're next on the show. Hello. Hey, how y'all doing? Good to talk to you. Yeah, I'm a long-time listener. Well, thanks for sticking with us. Um, yeah, I wanted to know what y'all opinions on if it would really be a quarterback. I know he was brought in as a backup. I'm just tired of the back. Everywhere he's been, and a great quarterback. Being that, you know, this is the first time offense. Hey, Mike, we can't really hear you. I'm not sure if you're on speaker or something. Maybe call back. Yeah, you might have to call back. Yeah, that was a tough one. We lost him. I was trying to make it out. I thought something he was talking about the quarterbacks and being that it's a first-time head coach and a new system, uh, how were these guys going to adapt to it and, and figure it out? I think that's what he was getting at. I'm not sure. So, Mike, if you want to ring us back, please, by all means. But I will say this. There's no question – that Daniel Jones, as studious as he is, from the very get-go, when he heard that Brian Dable was the head coach, we're aware that they had already had contact with each other, and he has already started studying everything that he needs to do. Yeah, and again, too, you know, with a new coach, you get an extra you get an extra mini camp. Mini camp. Yes. And I remember talking to Jason Garrett last year, just asking him a little bit about at the beginning of the year, kind of what was happening, what's going on. Jason said, "You know what, Jeff." I'm such a huge believer in the off-season program and that developing, like putting in and installing things and doing stuff like that is very important. So with a new coach, you get an extra mini camp in there. And then that's why the OTAs and all the mini camps and all the training camp, all that is so important to a new staff because they've got to, they've got to indoctrinate a new offense and defense. Exactly. And you, we and all you know, need the time. And we all know the reputation of Jones. In fact, Shane and Dable both said that they had already heard all about Daniel Jones's reputation as a workaholic. That's good. As a guy who yeah. was willing to learn and he was going to put in the extra time. And I think that that's what you want out of that position. And you I have think to. that uh, Taylor's probably the same way. All right. Uh, Pearson, did Mike come back? Yep. Let's give him another shot. Hello, Mike. One more time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, better. Much, much better. better. There you go. Nice. Okay, okay. You yeah, call out. Good. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just saying that uh, being that they're both first time in this offense and everything like that, do you think that if Taylor is performing better in training camp that they will actually let him start or being that the owner wants to give Danny the, uh, the whole opportunity to see if they want to sign him back, they'll still just say, no, we're going to well, I'll answer the question. Now, you kind of broke up and went away again, but you know, I Thank I, you, Mike. I feel like the Giants are committed to Daniel Jones, and I feel they're going to give him every opportunity to start. Um, and they've said that, and they've said that because they do need to have a evaluation going forward. I mean, this is it for him, right? I mean, this mm-hmm. is make or break. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if they hand the starting job over to Tyrod Taylor, that pretty much puts the the proof in the pudding, right? I mean, so I feel like you know he's gonna. It's his job to lose at this point. And if he loses it, then he did it to himself. It's not like, you know, or Tyrod Taylor came in and said, listen, you know what? I'm a starter in this league still. I'm going to push him and I'm going to do what I can to, to try to start. That's, I know that that's probably what I, I'm sure that that's what he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and nobody knows at all, Paul. We don't know this. What was said behind closed doors about the competition at that position? You know, you never know. So they could have said it's Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones's job. You're we're bringing you in here. We're paying you good money just to back up, and or they might have said, "Hey, we're giving you an opportunity to compete." 
Fanzo, you can secure your Giants season tickets for the 2022 season today for only $100. Limited seats are available. Speak with a Giants ticket representative now. Become a season ticket member by calling 888-NYG-1925. 888-NYG-1925. Back to the lines at 201-939-4513. Tim in Charleston, you're next on the show. Hello. Hey guys, great to speak with you again. Thanks. Thank My you. My first call since pre pre combine, and a uh, <laughs> couple of things. One, I want to I want to start off by uh, giving Jeff some uh, some props because nice. I'll tell you what, Jeff, you I don't care who you're on with. When you're on the show, there's great chemistry. It's always it's Thank always you. good. I appreciate to, that to call them when you're on. The, yeah, you know, I really mean. I was just thinking about it while I was listening to you guys. It's true. I. I, I, no matter which who you're paired with, I'm I'm always happy to call. Well, this is exactly when, when the opposite on. of what he played here because we all know that punters and kickers are exiled to an island away from everybody. Hey, you know what? I I I just I like all the guys that are here, so they're lucky. How about that? Yeah, yeah, they are, they are, and so are we. But anyway, thank you. What you guys were talking, what you guys were talking about before you went to the uh, us callers, is exactly what I was calling in about. And and Paul, I got to tell you. If I had a fantasize in my wildest dreams what the Giants could get out of free agency, I would have said a guard, a center, a, a, a decent tight end, and a decent backup quarterback. And I figured we probably only one, probably only one of those guys would really be quality. But I feel like we hit the jackpot. Now we got Tyrod, obviously. We got the, the the guard from Indianapolis, the Polish guy. Glowinski. Uh, we, that's great. We got the tight end. Yeah, but but I'll tell you, I listened to John's uh, interview, and then you did it with the uh, sports guy from uh, from Buffalo on Feliciano. And the best part of that was the story that Feliciano told about when the limo was taking them in from the hotel or to the hotel, and he was with his father, who you know he grew up in. He was born in East Orange, his parents divorced, and his father was an MTA bus driver. And get, having his father in the back of the limo being driven through Manhattan in the back of the limo instead of driving a bus and how proud he was, it was a very touching moment. But I got a couple other things that I just want to say because they tie in. Well, first of all, Charlie snuck in before me because I wanted to say on my first call after we signed Tyrod was that how long is it going to be before Charlie says, Tyrod's the better quarterback. Oh, yeah. He should be starting. About 30 seconds into his <laughs> he, call, he, it was. Yeah. <laughs> he, right, he, he almost quite endorsed him. It's got to be a competition, right? Tam, and I think he was probably thing, hitting the redial button from 10 o'clock this morning, wanting to get in as the first caller. And he didn't even know we were going to give him a second chance this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I normally call on Wednesdays, but yesterday's show at 4 o'clock just totally threw me off. But Sorry, anyway, we had to do free agency have, stuff. Go ahead. No, no, I understand that. And I listen I listen to him at night if I can't catch him at lunch hour. And the last thing I have is, you know what? With doing all the mock drafts, and Jeff, I do, do that PFF thing like I've done so many. I don't even <laughs> want to tell you how many. It's fun. You know? Yeah. And I, I save them and I go back and see how they evolve as I listen to the show and the combine and the, mm-hmm. and the senior bowl and all that stuff. But anyway... Right now, given our signings, I now feel like, and Paul, I want to touch on your tight end point too, but I feel like if one of those guys, given the couple of pre-agent signings that the other teams ahead of us have made, if we can catch one of those tackles at five, I'm hoping and praying. 
Maybe maybe we don't. Maybe we do. But I think the odds are maybe maybe up to fifty fifty now. Um, if we catch one of those guys, and then I my dream is get Sauce Gardner at six. That plays into the Bradbury situation because hold on, you know, hold on. At six, the seven. Giants are five and seven. Do you yeah. think they're making a trade oh, seven, to get number seven. six? That's what the yeah. seven. No, no, no. Okay, no. you I want the tackle at five, <laughs> and you want Sauce at seven. Okay, I just, I just, I just miss, I just misspoke. But you know what? I'm happen. thinking, you know, like, like, like Shane said, you know, he doesn't like to restructure, doesn't like to kick the can down the road. But as he said, only as a last resort. And Paul, you touched on this. The last resort, if you only got to do it with one guy, maybe Bradbury is that guy. And even if they can, you know, then if they get sauce with the seventh pick, then they have the flexibility to say to Bradbury, listen, let us restructure, let us throw an extra year in your deal, kick a little money down the road, and now you've got three. Because we, we know that Adoree Jackson's health has been questionable. So if you lose Bradbury and Jackson goes down again, where the hell are you? Tim, so, let me put know, it to you this way. We're having all, all three of those guys. Yeah, let me put it to you this way. If the Giants do decide that they need the bigger chunk of savings under the cap and Bradbury has to go to do it, because there is a method that they could use to restructure him and save a chunk of change, but right. it wouldn't be as much as they would save if they trade him. All right, let's make that clear. So they're talking about two totally different numbers. But let's say they do actually decide they are going to move him out. Contrary to what has been written about for weeks, and we now know, obviously, that was a fallacy, they never had a deadline for this. They could very easily wait till after the draft and trade Bradbury if they want to. It simply means that whatever draft pick they're going to get is going to come in 2023 instead of 2022. And there's nothing wrong right. with that. Because if you're Joe Shane... You're not thinking that this entire rebuild is going to be done this year. You know it's a multi-year process. So I, I find it laughable to every writer who said that there was a deadline and Bradbury had to be traded by yesterday or the day before or this Friday. That's preposterous. The Giants are not up against any rule that says he's got to be traded by a certain date. That's right. also about, you and know, you and John touched on... You and John touched on that very well yesterday, and it's and that I, I hadn't thought about it. I mean, I, I the money thing was irrelevant to me, but but you know, but it makes more sense. You know, wait until the if you get Gardner in the draft, that gives you more leverage. Um, you know, you, and and then and, and hopefully we figure out the money. But the last thing I wanted to touch on, Paul talks to the tight end, and I agree, Ferguson is a strong candidate, and I think we we definitely get him with the with our fourth round pick. Maybe even in the fifth round, based on the way the draft rankings are right now, but we know that changes when real world kicks in. But one guy I just want to get your opinion on, because I know you like Ferguson, you've been on that horse for a while now, is because I think this is a guy we might be able to get also in the fourth round, based on the mocks I've seen, is Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if you've looked at him, I kind of got to want to get your opinion on him. And thank you for all the time, gentlemen. I'll take your comments off the air. Thanks very much. 201-939-4513. And let me make it clear, too, when I say there's no deadline or timetable on if they decide they want to move Bradbury, at some point they will need to get their cap space in order mm -hmm. to bring in and sign the rookie class. Mm -hmm. That does not have to be right after the draft. 
you have some time over the course of the Not late spring and early summer, but you have some time. Yeah. That's why when I say there's no deadline and they're not up against it, at some point there will be a deadline, but it's not now. Yeah. And that's the point we were trying to make. We made that yesterday. Tim, I appreciate you bringing that up today so we could also clarify in case somebody did not hear it. There, It's a soft deadline. It's not a hard one that they had to do this week. That's the point we were trying to make. The, the team understands the timeline and the way the contract is structured and how they can absorb or not absorb or they're going to dead money that kind of stuff bottom line is is that you certainly just don't want to have to re- flat out release him they didn't have to get anything for him but the fact is is that you know what what are teams offering if they are have put him out there what are they you know offering to get back for him it's not evidently it hasn't, it hasn't been much because it would have you know i would have think that if they were truly going to do it it would have been happened by now but they got a little bit of time now, Ruckert was more of a pass-catching receiver at Ohio State. I'm just trying to see if I saw his dimensions. They listed him at 6'5", 250. So, that's you know, a, that's well, a... and we, we've seen Ohio State play before. and We've seen him. It's not like this is a guy who's unknown to us. The question becomes now, um, what are you going to do if you draft him? Where does he fit into the scheme as you want to play? Now, I think, I think he could potentially be an all-around guy. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's just a flex tight end. I think he's got the capabilities of being physical and of helping you out Move if him. you need it off the edge. Yeah. I think you can do that with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so I would have no problem if he turns out to be the guy. Trust me. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Yeah. He, he's, he, there's a nice pool of tight ends in this draft, and, and any one of, a handful of them, would be really good fourth-round picks, let's say. Maybe even third. They have well, remember they have two thirds, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, I mean, if you, I, I'm, I'm hoping they can find one in in that top five, the, the five picks within a hundred players. Uh, that would be good. So, in any event, two zero one nine three nine four five one three is our phone number. Uh, I believe Len from Maryland is next on the program. Hello, Len. Hi, Len. Hey guys. Hey guys. How you doing? Good. Very well. Thanks, How are you? Thanks for, thanks, thanks for the opportunity. Second time this week. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Hey, uh, um, second best party of the year in New York City, St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. You too. J- Jeff, um, Paul will confirm that since he's a New Yorker. Uh-huh. Or, or maybe, Jeff, maybe your boys have told you about the party on St. Patrick's Day in the city. Oh, I'm probably, yeah. Two of them probably are there right now. Uh, <laughs> Poncho and all, you know, because it is raining here. Yeah, in, it's in not area. a great day. The weather is you kind know what, of though, uh, been nasty. But green beer will take care of that. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer that um, your roster doesn't have to get worse in order to get better. Um, I like the roster to get better, and I think so far this week, uh, we, we, got a best, we, we have a better roster now than we, than we did last week. Uh, there, there's been some nice signings. Now, you've got to be careful not to go overboard, of course, with these guys. Uh, I mean, the tight end signing, um, I watched them last year here uh, playing for the uh, commanders. Um, but, but, you know, he, he was a third-string tight end. Uh, the other two guys got hurt, uh, so he got on the field and did, and did some nice things. So, you know, we have to be careful. Um, yeah, I don't think with, it, with how we rate these guys, but yeah. I think we got better. 
Yeah, I, I, and 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 I want to include the I want to include the Bradbury. The, you know, the previous caller talked about Bradbury. I, I want to include the Bradbury in there for however long we have him, and hopefully it's all, we can work it out so he's there next year, um, um, uh, as well. Because when you put him in that defensive backfield, that's a pretty good defensive backfield with some depth. Uh, so you know, I like that, and I, I think that the thing that I've always really liked about Bradbury. He, he's got some size to him, guys. You, you know, if you look the other at the other guys in that defensive backfield, geez, they're all smallish guys. That's that's, you know, Adoree Jackson. I think he's one eighty five. You, you, you got to survive seventeen games. I don't know if, if you can at at corner. I don't know if you can do that at one eighty five. So you got you got to have some depth. But Bradbury's got size to him and. Land um, to be fair, I, get, I, I have I have often pondered on this program. I do not know exactly what this coaching staff thinks about Aaron Robinson, but he's a six-footer who has nice length. And yeah. and I have often asked the question on this show because we don't know the answer yet. We have not talked to the Giants coaching staff to figure out what they've seen on tape. But is yeah. Aaron Robinson, who this previous administration thought a lot of, is he potentially – in the mix for competition at the other corner spot should the Giants give Bradbury the door. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's probably the thinking, Paul. Um, You know, I'm hoping Bradbury stays, but um, logically that's the way you would think it through. If they need to make a move and Bradbury goes, that we're counting on Robinson and maybe a mid-round pick. Uh, you know, to help with the depth. But and I think Robinson will be a good player. Also, I do. I like um, him a lot. Yeah. Let me let me move to the um, uh, tight end for a second. I would not be terribly disappointed. I would not throw my remote on draft draft night, second night of the draft, if we drafted the three down tight end from Colorado State, McBride, uh, early in that second round. Again, I know we went out and we got Sills. Um, uh, you know you, the the fellow we just picked up from Washington. I probably yeah. pronounced his name wrong. Um, Seals Jones. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I would not be disappointed if we if we went for McBride uh, early in that second round. Uh, what's that? The thirty sixth pick, I think. Um, well, now, you know, uh, Len, three, if you do that, down, he's a three down tight tight right. end. You know, three down tight end. Yeah. Now, if you do that, though. Okay, and he is much more of a of a of a flex and a and a split. Call him split slot wide flex. He's a receiving tight end more than anything else. Be careful if you take him in the second round. Now you're running the risk of bypassing a potential offensive lineman who yeah, you're, you're going to yeah. need some help. Yeah. You know you can't yeah. just draft one. Yeah. Len, you got to yeah, yeah. draft at least two. Yeah, you know, you know whatever they, what you know, whatever the brain thrust thinks, I'm okay with Paul. I'm just saying, if they went for McBride in the second round, I, I wouldn't be terribly disappointed, and I, I wouldn't be terribly disappointed if we went for that defensive lineman from Connecticut in the second round. That kid Jones, we're, we're going to need a nose tackle. I don't think yes, Dexter is going to sure. want to move. I don't think Dexter's going to want to move inside. Uh, I, you know, you can you might not you can say that's where you're playing, but. Uh, boy, I don't know. I think he just, you know, second contract, the big money. It's not going to come from a nose tackle position. Yeah, they they, I, I, they need a starter at defensive tackle now because Austin Johnson went to the Chargers. Yeah, I know. Okay? I know. And well, Shelton's not going to come he, back. Uh, you know, my feeling is, I've, and I've said this before, I, you 
you can't run a I'm, I'm thinking traditional base three four now, not not hybrid three four defenses. You you can't run a three four defense without a good nose. Tackle. No, no, you gotta so, have a nose tackle. So I mean, not just because you gotta have eleven players, but you got. I mean, that's a key position in a three four. As it stands today, Len, you know when you talk about what the Giants still need to fill out their roster, the yeah. starters that they still need. They still need starting offensive linemen. They need yeah. a starting defensive tackle. They oh may goodness, or may yes. not wind up needing a starting cornerback. We don't know that yet. Right, Anything right. else you draft, and I think Seals Jones is a stopgap starter at tight end. So for the moment, I'm going to say yeah. anything else you draft yeah. is depth chart. Yeah. I mean, Seals Jones, he's a, yeah. he's a, he's a, he is a depth guy. I mean, he, yeah. like you said, Len, you know, he was a third-team uh, tight end. He's, he's a stopgap okay. yeah. guy. So he's a guy. He he's a numbers guy right now. They signed him for yeah, a, yeah, yeah, a, yeah, yeah, a yeah, you yeah, know, minimum right. deal. And so just coming yeah. in, he's you know he's got yeah. to change a pace yeah. here. And uh, but yeah, a guy that's going to be in camp Listen, and he's got some experience. Listen, the one thing, and I, you know, if people have read up on this guy, and again, this is, I'm not knocking him. We we know what he is. You know, he drops the ball. <laughs> Well, that's probably why he was thirteen. He he's not a clear. I mean, <laughs> well, if we were if we were worried about Ingram and his drops, um, this guy's got the dropsies too. I mean, he's shown that. That's why he's never really moved up out of anywhere he's been to anything better than a third string tight end. And um, you know, I'm, gl- I'm glad we got him, but we we got to be prepared for who he is. And in other understand- words, limit your expectations. Yes, but also yes, understand yes. that Mike Kafka, who came from Kansas City, where he was, I yes. think Mike Kafka will give them a realistic portrayal of what to expect. Yes, yes. Now he will jump up in the air and catch the ball. You know, if he can hang on, uh, <laughs> he's known to be. He's known to be. He scored a touchdown against us, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, mm-hmm. if I remember mm-hmm. way back. Yeah, in that awful second game. You, you've seen him more than we have. Do you think he? Yeah. he you think he could be more productive than Larry Donnell? Oh, definitely. Well, yeah, definitely. Is it yeah. so? Is that does that satisfy the hole well, for the heard moment? That name in a long time, <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, okay, the one thing so he, that's the not one thing bad. Yeah, yeah. The one thing, the one thing he won't <laughs> when he's better than you know, comparing him to Danelle, The one thing he won't do is dive into the ground as hard as he can. <laughs> I mean, Larry, Larry Danell used to love to bang into the ground. Yeah, I, mean, he, I, I understand. Go ahead. I, oh, my God. I mean, you know, one, one of those things. <laughs> hey, listen, guys, thanks for taking Thank my call. Thank you, Larry. I think we're, in, in summary, I, I think we're a better team now than we were last week. I, I like the way this is progressing. Agreed. I hope, and with these offensive linemen, hey, you know, looking at what happened last year, I hope people can stay healthy. I hope people can stay oh, healthy. Thanks, thanks, thanks for taking my call. Have Take a great care. day, guys. You too. Happy St. Patrick's Day. To 201-939-4513. Let's just keep these phones rolling. We've got some lines open, fellas, so if you want to get in. And ladies, too, uh, Ryan is on line two, and he's out of North Carolina. You're next on the show. Hello. Hey, guys. Hi. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. I appreciate Thank you guys you. taking my call. Sure. Look, um, I'm kind of on the, have the same concern as Lynn. Um, as far as the defensive line, mm-hmm. I think uh, we're all in. Uh, I think we're all sharing the same thought pattern that offensive line is what we need to address first, uh, early in the draft, and hopefully we do. I'm, I'm thinking hopefully we get one of the uh, two big offensive tackles that are on the board. 
But I think we need to be careful about the defensive line and address that early. Um, Because I think we obviously lost B.J. Hill. We've lost Alvin Tomlinson recently. Uh, Austin Johnson Mm -hmm. has recently left. And Dexter is coming up on the end of his rookie contract. And I think that there's a prime player that we'd be lucky to get, and that's Jordan Davis. I mean, this guy take is blowing him. up the combine. Yeah, he's yeah. blowing up a lot of things. Where would you <laughs> want him, though? Because I think most people believe five and seven are too high, yeah. and you're not going to get him in the second round. He's, well, he will not last. There's no way he's getting down into the second round. Yeah, so where to, are you going to pick him? You'd have to go up. You'd either have to go up from well, that second-round mm-hmm. pick or, or got to move down from seven. Yeah. Well, I tell you this, Paul. If we don't get him, I just pray that the Eagles don't. Yeah, or any that, of the that other guys. Case scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he is a, he is a beast. If you saw him in that national championship game, I mentioned it the other day. Yeah, uh, I couldn't take my eyes off him for two reasons. Number one, he was all over the place. But t- the second reason, he's you know he's six foot seven. And he's like three hundred and forty pounds. How do you miss him? I mean, he just really rocked that game. And I and then watching him do things at the combine was just. Uh, insane he is my like last year i was infatuated with kyle pitts just for the fact that he was just the guy is just you know one of those players that you just don't see that often this is this is my infatuation this year is with him i just i mean the biggest thing for me i know the 4740 is kind of like you know a 340 pound guy running that fast which is ridiculous. The one <laughs> yes. thing that, but the only the one thing that gets me is the ten foot nine broad jump at three hundred and forty oh pounds. God. Think about how a guy can elevate three hundred and forty pounds ten feet nine inches. That's sickening. The That's, thing about it is, whoever gets him is going to be ecstatic that they get him, and for the next several years, people are going to be saying, "Well, how did they get him down that low?" Mm-hmm. Because he's probably going to go to the mid-late first round. Yeah, probably late first round. I, I don't want to do. I don't know if this comparison is is going to. But Kalis Campbell is a guy that you know how big he is. Kalei Campbell, yeah. Kalei Campbell, he he kind of reminds me. But I mean, I mean, he's much bigger. Okay? Yeah. Oh, but please. they're but they're both tall and have a presence in that in that defensive line. Um, but somebody's going to – I and I, I agree. If, I don't know if the Giants can – I just don't think they're positioned well enough to be able to get him when they want to. You know what I mean? Well, it's Travis the, Jones, though, you mentioned before, mm-hmm. the kid from UConn, mm-hmm. he will be in the ballpark of the their second, second round. rounder. Yeah, yeah, but I don't I don't think he'll be around either. I think he's going to go You think higher. he's going to go? I do. Yeah. Oof. Yep. And again so – you get think back it would to, be a stretch – yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. You think it no. would be a stretch to reach for him, even though he's such a physical specimen? <sighs> well, where? How far do you want to reach? No, reach. Meaning he's like at seven, right? Wow. I mean, at seven, I would take him. At, wow. I would take him at seven. I mean, we're talking about a guy. Oh, I mean, I he doesn't have as much uh, production on film as Quinn and Williams did, and Quinn and Williams went third overall to the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, I mean, you could argue that we need it because we've lost, you know, those three defensive tackles over the past couple seasons and this guy is just he's blowing up combine grades like over the past 20 years he's grading at the top so i, I you guys might be right um well here's the problem it, here's the problem of a reach to pick <laughs> How, it's, it's impossible not to like the player no you right. have to like the player there's other you really do ahead of him that are he's terrific better. and 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 the other problem is the positional also mm-hmm. and i'm not one who likes to deal with that whole positional value stuff but but people but it, do well here's the thing do you see him 
as a full-time three-down player playing, you know, 55 snaps, so to speak, Mm -hmm. and only occasionally coming off the field as compared to someone who, let's say, a cover corner or a defensive end or an offensive lineman. Offensive linemen play 100% of the snaps. You know, they're on the field for all 72 offensive snaps. This this becomes part of the issue when you start thinking about the impact that he can make. It has nothing to do with the player himself. Mm-hmm. It has to do with, well, if you're only going to put him on first and second down and then even second and long, you might even consider taking him off the field. How can you take him at seven? Yeah, it just depends on your philosophy. It really does. It depends on how you know how you really look at that pick and how much you want that guy to play on the field. Uh, you know, like you said, the corners, safeties, you know, those guys. Let me use this as an example. They all we play all, a lot of snaps. We all had great respect for Snacks Harrison. Yeah. As a nose tackle in this league. But he was a two-down player. And that's the point. Yeah. As good as he was at what he did, what he did was also limited within the scope of the game. But what, what he did do on those first and second downs was really good. remarkable. He was really good. Yeah, I mean, he led the league in tackles. And by the way, he was an undrafted rookie free agent by the Jets. Interesting. You could usually get those kinds of guys a lot lower than people think. Yep. Thanks for the call. Yep, thank you. Good point. Uh, I think that, you know, it all matters if the philosophy of the team that's drafting and where, you, like you said, Paul, you made a good point, is that, you know, do you want a guy guy that you're going to draft that high to only be a two-down player? Um, You know, I think that a lot of people would rather have somebody like a cornerback or, you know, an offensive lineman that basically give you, you know, 100% of your snaps. They're not coming off the field. Right. The corner or the O-lineman that yeah. you take at five or seven yep. is playing the whole game. They play the whole game. Yep. Yep. We go back to the phones at 201-939-4513. Sean in Maryland is online. Hello, one. Sean. Hello. Sean going once. Did we lose him? Going twice. Call back, Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hey, 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 hey hello. Shot. It's like that fish that was kind of kind of on the hook. You got to hit that mute button one more time to get it unmuted. <laughs> Go ahead. We got yeah. Uh, thanks, guys. I appreciate you guys all coverage and everything like that. Sure. Um, Thank the you. Previous caller, kinda, the, the previous caller, he uh, he took a lot of my thunder. So for the fifth pick, I'm going to talk about the draft, then I'm going to talk about the uh, overtime rules for a second. Um, the For the fifth pick, I just say we get the best guy available. I think some of those guys who everybody's projecting to be in the top three or whatever, for some reason, I don't know if it's just me as a Giants fan, but I think one of those guys are going to fall to us mm-hmm. to have a tackle mm-hmm. or one of those, like, beastie, you know, uh, pass rushers. I think we go for one of them. But at number seven, my guy is Sauce Gardner. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, want, I want that cornerback. There's nothing wrong with Sauce that. Gardner. No, nope. nothing nope. wrong with yep. that at all. Nope. He and, would be and, definitely and in anybody's mix. They, and by the way, I feel yeah, like and, that fifth pick, I think you I, I'm I'm with you. And I and I've said this all along. You know, every single year there's somebody that falls in love with that quarterback that moves up the thing. and I don't know if it's gonna happen or not, but you know, it's it's funny because I don't know if there's that many players in the draft this year that somebody's gonna go up to get. You know what I mean? Like I think those like there's so many players there that are pretty slotted, like very similar, like grade wise. There isn't those guys where I wanna go up and get that person. Um, so that's what scares me a little bit about those two tackles being gone because I don't know if that'll happen. But if it does happen, one of those guys is dropping, and we and the Giants could right. get them at five. And we're talking about for those of you who may not realize it, Neil 
and Iquano right. are the two tackles, yep. mm-hmm. and Thibodeau and Hutchinson are the two pass rushers. Right. So that's four I think, there. I right. think the consensus is that those are probably the top four guys on most boards, regardless of the order. Right. And so the question becomes, does one of those five fall to the Giants at five, or one of those four fall to the Giants at five? You've got to take them. You're going to take them. And, that's, and again, the wild card is if somebody comes up to get somebody. And then the other, and you know what I'm saying? They, and, they, they, and it's not one of those players. It's a, it's a different player that they go up in a quarterback, most likely. But I just don't see the quarterbacks. I, I, I've just speculated that if it's one, it could be Malik. You know, he could be the guy. But I, I, I don't know who's going who's gonna, right. who's gonna to go get him. So, I mean, I know Seattle is yeah. interested in him, you know, because of what happened with Robert, Wil- or Robert Wilson. <laughs> Russell Wilson. <laughs> Robert Wilson. Where did that come from? <laughs> I don't names. know. I hate names. <laughs> go, by, go by numbers. You're number so, one. So as Jeff has said on our program several times, and Carlo, <laughs> I'll ask this to you. Do you want to trade out of the seven and move down, which makes your decision probably a whole lot easier? Because at seven, there's going to be a lot of stress as to what you do with the seven pick. If you move down further, it might actually be an easier decision uh, I, to make. I have said this all along that I'm okay moving out of seven, but I'm not moving out of the top ten. I got to go down 10. Right. 10's where I'm going to be. Okay. And I don't know who the Great. guy is at 10. 11. The Washington is at 11. Um, I, I have it right here. So number number 10. I'll tell you right now. The 10th pick is the is the Jets from Seattle. So um, 11 is Washington. 12 is Minnesota. Would I go to 12 if I really got something good? I would get to the 12th. I would go there, but okay. not any further than that. I got to get a lot in return to go down there. I, did. I, did. I gave a lot up getting there. Uh, and, and as I've said, it's <laughs> right. got to be a godfather off. From, for there. me to move out of uh, – I'm not moving out of five at all. No. And for me to move out of seven, it's got to be a godfather offer, which is an offer you can't refuse. Yeah. And I just don't know who's going to That's how I get. feel. And I just don't know in this draft who's gonna, who wants to switch with me to come up and get somebody I don't think you're going to get one. Yeah, I don't either. So, Anything anyway. else? Yeah, so um, I'm also glad that we got uh, Tyrod Taylor all the – Mm-hmm. Crappy talking about Deshaun Watson and throwing away three first-round picks is just ridiculous. I'm glad that's out the way. I mean, we're not Washington. We're not going to give up three first-rounders and do the same thing they did with RG3. Where were all the writers who were screaming that the Giants had to make a trade for Russell Wilson? How many articles did you see written about that over the last couple yeah. of months? It was annoying, and I didn't, really? I didn't believe any of it. And where are those guys now? Why aren't they raising their hands saying, yeah, you know, I'm a dunce? Where are they now? Anyway, go ahead. Cricket. Oh, and the last thing. I saw some proposals on, on the uh, Giants mobile app that talk about the overtime rules, the changes. So um, not exactly sure what they're going to do finally with the overtime rules, but I think that a, a fair way to do overtime would have had the receiving team get the yard at the 40-yard line. Both teams get, get an opportunity to get the ball. Two timeouts. Um, no clock. You don't need a clock. It's a matter of downs. Uh, play clock is normal timing. And the coin flip, whoever wins the coin flip gets to pick if they want to get the ball first or if they want to get the ball second. I think that would be a fair way of divvying it up. Both teams, like I said, both teams get the ball at the 40-yard line. You have to earn that field goal spot. And, you know, whoever scores, the other team has some action. If they don't, they lose. What do you guys think about that? I'll take it off the air. appreciate it, guys. Thanks You're very welcome. much. Thank you. I, I, I just, I don't, I'm tired of discussing the overtime thing. <laughs> there's so many and a lot of, there's a lot of good ideas um, you know what the problem is if you make a knee jerk reaction 
then invariably after you think about it, you'll find a reason to pick it apart later on. It's really not that it, it's not simple. It's really not. I, I honestly I'm okay with whatever way they would go. And here's my theory. I'm 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 fine for keeping it the way it is now. Okay. If you're if you're going on defense, you gotta stop them or you're gonna lose the game. Okay. Right? I mean, it, that, that's. I just can't stand the thing where, oh, if they if that it's team the coin first, flip. first team gets the touchdown, I know. it's over. Yeah. But if they kick a field goal, the game's not over. Yeah, because that, you know that is well, is just preposterous I, I, to I me in every way. But here's the thing, I, and I'm okay. I know I'm playing both sides of the fence. I'm okay if if they if they do change it to where the other team gets an opportunity if they score, that's fine. And you know, and I know the NFL just doesn't want to go the, the time. It, it, it's the time component. Well, and you know? there's an injury component and there's too. An in, there's a lot that goes into it. So, and I think that we have to. I think we lose sight of the fact of some of those other, um, you know, some of the other things that go into why they're making the decision. You know, and this thing is obviously if the one team scores and you say, okay, the other team gets a chance to score too, and they do score, well, now, 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 now it's back to the original scoring, right? So the first team to score wins again. So, I mean, it's just one extra little component, but that could take an extra 10 minutes of they don't want to do it. That'll do it for today's program. Jeff, good to see you. It's always good to see you, Paul. Fellas, <laughs> write it down. Ladies, too. 201-939-4513. Big Blue Kickoff Live is live on Giants.com every weekday from 12 noon Eastern time until 1 o'clock where we bring you all the fun talk about Giants football and the rest of the NFL. Thank you so much for listening. You can always find an archive of this show as part of the Giants platforms everywhere and Giants.com slash podcast. For Jeff Eagles, I'm Paul Tatino. So long, everybody.